Whatever you do, do it because you're passionate about it. That rings true for making money as well. You know, if your objective is to just to make money, that becomes pretty transparent to people. Like I was saying about taking on new clients, if I don't absolutely love their play, then I'll say to them, you know, this isn't a right fit for us. Even if I think it could make us money, you have to be able to like contain your energy. So you give your energy to things that you're passionate about. And then that shows people love that and it comes back. Everybody wanna get the bag, but y'all really know what it's gonna take. Trying to figure out how to start now. Blue chills, gotta show you the way. Cause we're top finest and amortizing and anything it takes to get real estate. We've been grinding all day. JB dropping blue gems, AG dropping blue gems, new podcast, baby, tune in, we in this thing dropping blue gems. Let's go! Another episode of Blue Gems Podcast with Tash Richardson. What a pleasure to have you. Um, I'll just open it up to you and how about you tell us about you and your story of how you got here. I manage a um, property management company, short-term rental property management company in an island called Tenerife, which is part of the Canary Islands. Uh, They're Spanish islands, but geographically they're off the coast of um, North Africa, so off the coast of um, Morocco. And I started this business around seven years ago with my partner and we kind of fell into it really. Well, we were managing two places ourselves. We didn't really fall into it, actually. So we were managing two places ourselves and we kept dreaming about, let's do this for more people. Let's do this for more people. Let's open it up. A neighbor got in contact with us. He saw that we had like five-star reviews all the time, always booked. He said, I really need help. I really need you guys to help me and uh, get me more bookings, get me better reviews. So he was our first client. So we managed three places for him. And then it just snowballed after that. And now we're managing 25 places. And yeah. And on the side, I've also opened up a kind of coaching, mentoring opportunity uh, to teach people how to do it for themselves. So for self-hosted short-term rental owners, teach them the tricks from an agency, basically, exactly how they, ha- how they have to do it, um, all the marketing secrets, because um, that's what my, my background is in marketing. Yeah, just share all the inside knowledge from an agency, really. So if people want to manage it themselves, then they don't have to look for an agency. They can get all the tips, which didn't exist when I started. Oh, I love that. Um, off air, you kind of told me how you and your partner you know, started this endeavor. Do you mind sharing that? Yeah, well, it's the story. It's how we met, really. So he built two Airbnb apartments, two short-term rentals that he first put on Airbnb. He was living in one and he opened the listing of the other on Airbnb and I was the first guest to book it. So I came here to this island, Tenerife, in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean from the UK, which is where I'm originally from, with a friend on holiday. And the rest is history, as they say. Now, we, mm-hmm. now we're here together, managing 25 places. We've got a four-year-old son. <laughs> it, it sounds like a uh, like a holiday movie or something that you'd watch around Christmas, where where the woman like ends up at this cool Airbnb and the host they you know end up dating and now they have this lovely family. So that's super cool. Tell us about your twenty five properties. Are they all in the same area? Are you spread out? What markets are you in? So we're on an island, and it's a relatively small island. So. Yeah, it, it, all the places are really within a 45-minute drive of our main office. 
and a lot of them are closer than that. So that's how we operate at the moment. So obviously when we started, we would take on any place that wanted our services. <laughs> but as time goes on, you know, you get, you realize that there's more money to be made in bigger places, nicer places, places that you can charge more per night for because the work is the same. You know, the work is it's the same amount of work pretty much in managing everything, managing the cleaning, managing the guest communication, the marketing, the bookkeeping, you know, managing the client, everything that's involved in, in that side of things. It's, it's the same amount of work. I like going to nice places. I like places that are nicely decorated, great interiors, spotlessly clean. So my mantra is, I whatever you, you'll find on our website is somewhere that we'd like to stay in ourselves. Like we wouldn't manage somewhere that we wouldn't stay in ourselves, basically. So that's our criteria. We've got 25 places at the moment with the idea to cap it at 30. You said something interesting. You said manage clients. So I think this is something that people kind of gloss over and don't realize, you know, we manage the property, right? We manage the cleaners, we manage the handymen, we manage the listing, we do all the marketing, there's a lot of management behind it. But sometimes we also have to manage the owners. How have you been able to handle that? What systems do you put in place to manage the owners? Because I know with our own business, sometimes that's more challenging than the rest of the business in itself. So, and also within this business as well, something that always rings in, in my head, we'd have two clients, you know, it's like we have a B2B section and we have a B2C. B2B is the, exactly. the property owners and the B2C are the, the guests who come. We also do, you know, everything that we do in our business is done in two languages because we're in country in Spain and obviously English is an international language and it's my first language as well. And most of the guests come from Northern Europe. And so, yeah, in my business specifically, there's two customer bases and two languages that we operate in so it is quite challenging how do we manage the owners that the client expectations making sure everything's really transparent really like from the offset so from the contract from the first from from the meeting with them you know from when we go to sign the contract with them making sure absolutely everything's transparent which helps manage their expectations and you know it's just how how you should do business really being honest and transparent about things i guess you need you know you need help to manage clients so we have someone in the office who manages the owners that side of the clients we have somebody else who manages the guests you know obviously they do other administrative tasks in between that but yeah you just need hands as well and heads so you're you're a team of four or you have additional employees as so well? So there's myself and I direct the marketing, also direct the guest experience, the guest communications, everything and everything to do with marketing the business. My partner, he is more involved in onboarding new properties, sales and like contracts with new properties. I'm involved in that because we make the final decision together, but he he does all um, you know, he's involved in all of that kind of primarily. Also, he does all the bookkeeping and all of the kind of more financial stuff. And then we have two people in the office, communication, one with the guests and one with the um, property owners. And they also do all the administrative tasks, um, help update all the uh, listings online, help me with marketing. We have somebody who manages the cleaners and the maintenance side of the business because we've got our own storage place where we've got all the sheets and the towels and everything that we, have, that we need for the changeovers. We've got a team of cleaners who we employ on a freelance basis. So those are managed by the person who manages the cleaners and the maintenance side of the business. So yeah, there's a few of us in the business and we're always really busy. <laughs> Do the owners have access to you directly? 
can they text you? Can they call you? Or do you have them like limited to just like email or like an owner's portal or something like that? We work on quite a personal level, actually. So they can call and they can text, you know, they can request for us to call them. If that works for us, we want to be the person that goes out to meet them. That's why we want to kind of cap it at 30, because if we were any bigger, we wouldn't be able to do that. And we want the service that we offer to be personable. And, you know, maybe they can't, you know, maybe they have to make an appointment to call us, and but they can definitely get in contact with us and we can have a conversation with them. And they definitely feel like we are overseeing everything, which is sometimes to our detriment because it is a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot. But it gives them that continuity because we're the people that they meet when they sign the contract with us. And, you know, they always have a relationship with us in some form or another. So it gives it that kind of like quality of service, we think. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any softwares that you're using to manage your owners specifically? No. So we use a PMS. The owners have access to that, but we don't manage the owners through that software. So it's all done through... I mean, we could actually, you know, at the moment, we just manage it through text, calls, emails. But, you know, we could possibly look into that and it could make life easier for us, actually. Yeah, so we use owner res. And mm-hmm. one of the questions that we always get asked for people just getting into co-hosting is how do you handle the, the payments, right? Does the owner collect the payment? Do mm. does the co-host collect the payment? And then and then how is it distributed? So can you talk to the listeners a bit about how you guys handle that part of the business? The owners receive the payment from all of the OTAs. If it's direct bookings, if there's bookings made through our website, then we receive the full amount of the payment. And so at the point when we do invoicing every month, we charge the owner our commission for all of the bookings made on OTAs, like Airbnb booking, Verbo. So we we charge them that. So they'll have a report and then they'll have an invoice with the, the commission that they own us. So they have to pay us. And then obviously with direct booking, it's kind of done separately. We pay them. But yeah, that's the model that we're using at the moment. And then what percentage of direct bookings are you doing currently? Well, at the moment, recently we've changed PMS and it's... So yeah, we're changing again because we changed PMS. We've been receiving less direct bookings. So we're changing PMS again. But usually it's around 15% direct bookings, which is a mixture between um, repeat bookings and direct bookings who have just come to us directly from internet search. And then do you have any marketing campaigns to get those direct bookings or where are those leads generally coming from? Um, we don't do marketing campaigns at the moment to get direct bookings, but we use Instagram and we have a website so people can search you know, through Google search or wherever, um, come directly to our website. And also, I like to leave a breadcrumb with all of the guest communication. So if they've booked to stay with us through Airbnb, for example, I leave a breadcrumb. So they, you know, we always put our website and email address at the bottom of every message that we send to guests, like a signature. And some guests, kind of understand that, oh, look, I can book direct with them next time. It's going to cost me less. Um, we send them a guest information guide that we've created as a PDF that they can download. And we say in there, if you want to come and stay with us again, check out our website, book direct with us. So that also works well, those breadcrumbs. I love that idea. Are you collecting all of the emails from your guests and remarketing to them? Yes. Yeah. And how are you... Uh collecting those emails so with a lead magnet so it's kind of like a more informative pdf guide of like a insider's guide of everything that they can you know all of our favorite things to do on the island basically all of our restaurants so we send them a guide when they've made the booking with us uh 
it's just kind of a more short version of this lead magnet that we've created where um, the lead magnet has, has got a lot more like about the whole of the item rather than just the specific area that they're staying in. And then I imagine at this point in time, your business is probably referral-based, right? So you're getting a lot of clients through word of mouth or through your reputation. But as mm-hmm. you were starting out, how did you go about getting clients as a newer co-host or property manager? Mm-hmm. So we had a big billboard advertisement on the highway with my face on it. Um, it, was the, the, it was just a picture. Yeah, it wasn't my face um, like advertising myself as the 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 agency it was kind of like a side profile with a like a lovely like ocean setting in the background um <laughs> it wasn't intentional it's was just that that was the only photo that we had but i was playing a guest in that photo like uh-huh. i was modeling a guest so we had that billboard for ages even people at my son's school kept saying to me oh i saw you the other day on the highway <laughs> <laughs> and that got us a lot of business actually because but because of because of the nature of where we are it's an island you know where we are so it's very local. Now we do have a lot of word of mouth, so we don't do any marketing. We have enough through word of mouth. And that comes from other owners. So owners who might be really happy with our service, they tell their friends, their friends have got this lovely villa uh, in the mountains. They get in contact with us and it just, you know, goes like that, like word of mouth. Also before, um, yeah, we did some AdWord campaigns. We did the old traditional flyer drops. Um because of where we are, it's it's a Spanish island, so it's quite traditional where we are. You know, people are used to things like receiving a flyer on their car or through their door. You know, that is a scattergun marketing approach, but it did work because people talk, word gets around here, but it will be different for a different geographical setting. Let's, uh, let's go back to your employees, right? How did you find them? We get asked often, how do I hire the next person? How do I train them? Where do I find them? Where do I look? Where do they apply? How did you find your employees? So employee who is indispensable, and she works in our office with us, she came and found us. She was coming to our office, coming to our office. It was always closed because we were either working from home, not in the office, you know, working from wherever we were and she couldn't get hold of us. And then she finally got hold of us and she was like, every time I come to the office, it's closed. You need someone in the office all the time. You need to employ me. So she had a really good pitch. So we were like, yeah, that's right. You're, you know, you're right. We do need someone in the office all of the time. You know, you're hired. <laughs> no, she speaks five languages. Wow. She's got 20 wow. years experience in tourism. She's worked on luxury cruise ships um, all around the world. Like she's got great experience in tourism. So we have her. We use another virtual assistant as well. So that's a really great place to look for somebody online, like Upwork, People Per Hour, all of those places. And there's a lot of people with experience, specific experience as well, which I think is actually important. I think a lot of people say that, oh, it doesn't matter somebody's experience. It, you know, the personality is more important because you can train them, you can train them. But when you're incredibly busy, they have very little time to train them. And yes, personality is important. They've got to be a good fit with you, with your business, with your values, you know, with what you're trying to do. But also I think experience, especially technical experience, because, you know, we market online, like, you know, everything is is online, like how we sell the, the holiday rentals and the stays. So I think some basic experience in using short-term rental softwares and um, OTAs and stuff like that is really important. So what the plans to grow your own portfolio, just pivoting a bit away from the management side 
know yeah. what, what are your thoughts on that so we've got two places the two famous places that the one that I was the first guest at in uh, my partners and the one that he he used to live in the other one uh, I lived in it with him for a while then we went traveling around South America or into Morocco we realized that we made too much money from it to not to to live there like we couldn't live there basically it was just too much of a of a opportunity to you know be living there ourselves we rent those two out we manage them those are ours and we've also just bought another apartment in Barcelona that we're just nearly at the end of the reform for because we did a complete reform on it so this is going to be an experiment for us and this is something that I would like to try and teach people as well once I've done it successfully is how to manage something at a distance you know Barcelona is a three and a half hour plane ride from where I live so it's going to be an experiment I know I can do it it's just the cleaning you know but I know how I'm going to get the cleaning and you know like also something that's yeah it's like not just the cleaning but it's like how the apartment's presented how it's left how the cushions are put you know what's someone's first impression when they go in there it's so important so I know to do that, I just need to do videos and photos and just really kind of like train whoever's going to do the cleaning that this is how it has to be, this is how it has to be every single time. But yeah, the rest I can do remotely. So yeah, that's going to be an exciting experiment when, when we get the, the reform finished. Let's talk about the properties on the island. Let's talk about what an average annual revenue on some of these properties are going for. Because Obviously, here in the States, we have no idea what the rest of the world is doing. You know, a three-bedroom property in Florida, maybe it grosses $50,000 on average, right? What does your numbers look like on some of the properties that you manage? You could just pick one of them. It could be a a condo, it could be a four-bedroom, whatever one you want to, you know, do a little deep dive in. A two-bedroom apartment with a terrace literally a few feet away from the ocean, you know, with direct ocean views an annual revenue of and this is before our management fee so i'd say about 45 to 50 thousand euros and how much would something like that cost to purchase you could buy something interesting on this island for probably about 300,000 now prices have gone up recently in the past few years quite a lot and i mean something interesting in a really good location um yeah you might need to reform it but that's actually something that we've done as well we've reformed um, places and decorated them on behalf of our clients we've managed that side of it as well which is quite profitable if you know how to move in that kind of world of reforms and you know stuff like that which my partner does so that's been another kind of arm to the business do you find that your owners are looking to get a return on their money or they want to break even? Is it a second home? What What is the goal of the owner when they're buying these properties? It's a mixture. So obviously, there's the pure return on investment model that people want. For example, we've got a couple who own an apartment here that we manage for them. They were one of our first clients and they live in Barcelona. They come over here probably about three times a year, but their apartment they have here, it's their retirement property. So their idea is to when they retire in 10, 20 years, they they move here and they just have a lovely retirement in the sun. It's not like their main income stream and they like to have their their um you know their mortgage, all of their expenses covered and make a decent bit of extra money on the side from it as well. Also another important thing with that model where it's somebody's second home is the maintenance of it. They know that it's, you know, even if they don't need any money from it, even if money's not important for them which is not really the case for anybody really, is it? But they like to know that their place is being maintained. You know, it's not going to ruins. There's not a um, a squatter that's kind of come and live in there and then they won't know about it for three months. So yeah, there's those kind of two different types of clients. 
We are thrilled to announce Blue Gems Management. After building out 24 short-term rental properties of our own, we're now helping other investors buy their time back. With over 300 five-star reviews, we really understand the importance of guest experience. If you're interested in making short-term rentals passive, click the link in the show notes below and someone from our team will contact you soon. Now back to the show. And with that in mind, are you turning down clients who may not be making any money when their goal might be a 10% return? What we found is that you know sometimes we'll, we'll come across properties that we know that after our fee, the client actually won't make any money. Mm. So it's never going to be a win-win relationship because they're mm. going to blame us for not being able to deliver the results they want, even though we're performing at a very mm. high level. We actually, if we don't see a potential and a possibility, then we're very honest and we say that we think that this property would be better as a long-term rental rather than wasting their time, wasting our time. You know, it takes a lot to put a property online, takes a lot of creative creative energy, you know. Um, it is an investment as well of ours to get a property online, to do all the marketing, to to sort out the um, to do the photo shoot. And for me to do that and for me to manage that, I have to really feel passionate about the place. Really. That's how I base my business on, really. I have to love it to do it. And if I see somewhere that Number one, I wouldn't stay here myself if I was on holiday here. And number two, I don't really think that people are going to love it and I don't think it's going to do that well. Then I'll be honest and I'll say it's not, you know, we can't help you and we think that it, you should rent it in a long in a long-term market. There's a lot that goes into setting up a property and getting, getting it listed. Do you have something in your contract that, you know, specifies the cost to your owners? Do you charge to set up anything on the upfront? We don't have any setup costs, but if they cancel the contract, so we have a one-year contract, and if they cancel the contract before that one year is up, then there's an exit fee that covers the cost of that whole setup. We have an intellectual property rights of the photos because we pay for the photos, the professional photos. Um, obviously, if they want to take those photos and then use them to do this activity themselves after, then they can buy them off of us. I mean, very rarely we've had that um, people leaving after less than a year. I think maybe it's happened once that somebody's left just after a year. So yeah, it's that exit fee from the contract. If they want to break the contract before a year's up, then it's that. What is that fee, if you don't mind me asking? I think it's 500 or 800 euros. What, either one of those or somewhere in between there. Gotcha. Yeah, we, we have a uh, $600 setup charge up front is how we have it structured. And it comes out of the revenue that the properties generate. So it's not a, you know, a fee up front. And then we reimburse them the 600 if they stay for a year. So that's how we, a little bit, you know, almost the same thing. It's all about, that is kind of about the psychology as well of like, you know, how people feel, isn't it? There's a lot that goes into that. Like it's exactly, it's the same, it's the same theory, but it's just done in a different way. And yeah, there's kind of like, yeah, pluses and minuses to each thing. But I think, yeah, it's definitely worth thinking a little bit more about who your client is and how they think. And so then how, how, how they would react to either one of those options. So with your company, you guys have been around for seven years now. You have 25 listings. What are some hurdles that you are facing right now in, in your, your business? Because 
no matter how long you've been around, there's new challenges constantly, right? So what are you guys struggling with? What are you trying to navigate through? At the moment, I've mentioned this before, the PMS software is what we're struggling with to find one that does everything that we need it to do, that does it well. I don't really feel comfortable naming names, but we start, yeah, we started on one, which was quite cheap uh, and it was excellent and it did everything that we needed it to do up until that level and this was before this is when we had just about 17 properties this is when we realized okay we need to change now because we need something a little bit more robust so we changed to a more robust one amazing marketing absolutely amazing onboarding amazing account management customer service everything like that the the software just just keeps failing us and it's really difficult to use it's quite clunky visually it doesn't make sense with a lot of things like with a multi-view calendar if you've got 25 places you want to be able to see like really clearly which place is which anyway examples like that so at the moment we're changing again and we've had this problem with other software before because in spain we have to register every single guest who comes so we have to ask them to check in online before they arrive which sends their personal information to the local police it's just a spanish law that every time for example if you go to a hotel you have to give your passport it's like that so we use a software to do that so guests do that before they arrive clunky software is our biggest bugbear at the moment i think come on pms companies step it up yeah (laughs) yeah it's interesting because we had a similar problem right like each software is good at individual things but then when you have a certain amount of properties you know it, it becomes a whole different animal that you actually need a different product financial reporting comes into play. So our biggest problem was our original software had no property management side. So it was great in terms of guest communication, calendar management, cleaners, but there was Mm. really no property management component. So as we scaled past 8 units, 10 units, what were we going to do for our owners? So Mm. we decided to actually stack two softwares on top, one for the guest management and then one for the property management. And it's been working so far, but by no means is it perfect. Yeah, interesting. That's an interesting way of doing it. But I also understand for the software companies, they are using, they're relying on the open appy of of all these other big companies. So, you know, they're going to be met with roadblocks as well. So, yeah, it's just a difficult thing. There's a lot of um, different software that has to work with each other for it to all flow. And So what are some things that you're most excited about your business or just the overall climate of short-term rentals? I am really excited about getting my business to a place where it runs with less of our input. I think that's every entrepreneur's, <laughs> like, that's what they do, the what they live for. Yeah. Um, so like the d- daily operations, you know, just run without us. We pop in maybe once a week, buy everyone a coffee, have a nice little chat. You're doing great. And then we go <laughs> off and just, you know, I mean, we, lo- we both love working. So, you know, other projects, like for example, my, this side project that I've got on, on the side, the host house, I want to teach people how to do this. I want to pass on this knowledge that I've got of seven years of, of in this business because I've got a lot to say about it. And my partner's really into like crypto money and all that whole world. And, you know, yeah, just not 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 have a business that's so heavily reliant on us being there working in the business all the time. Also, I get really excited about new places as well, like new rentals that I love that we, you know, we start having a conversation with an owner. We go and see them as like a first point of contact. Maybe they're kind of like renovating their place a little bit. Um, we've got one that's got an amazing organic garden, swimming pool that we're kind of like nearly ready to sign the contract with. 
with, things like that I get really excited about. Places that I would love to go and stay in, like that one. Like I can't wait to get that on our books and for us to go there as a family for a weekend and like try it out, that kind of thing. Yeah, finding finding software that works for us, really. Get, finding a software that makes our job a lot easier. And for the short-term rental industry as a whole. So when I started seven years ago, and especially here in Spain where I live, the standard was a lot more DIY. That's how Airbnb originated. There is that kind of like element to to that, obviously. I'm talking about Airbnb, but we're talking about short-term rentals as a whole, which obviously is not just Airbnb, but that kind of essence of it. I guess in just the standards, like maintaining themselves high and and becoming higher and and also for short-term rentals to be open up places to travel that are not just hotels, you know. So I open up like different parts of the world, different parts of, you know, wherever you go that are not just a standard hotel. Love it. If I'm just getting started into co-hosting or property management, what would be your number one piece of advice for Probably me? something around pricing. So make sure you understand dynamic pricing before you open it up. Never open a short-term rental and put $100 a night for every single night of the year. And also think about having a base price for two guests and then for guests after that. So like for like the third and the fourth guest, charge them an extra however much per night because you know, if you think about somewhere between four people, we're not selling camping here, you know, like this is something that I always see over and over again, that there's places that are not using, they're underselling themselves because they're not using the strategic pricing tools that are there and available. Advertise on the three top OTAs and also have a way to take direct bookings as well. Um, those are my two biggest pieces of advice. Love it. And if you can predict the future, where do you think the short-term rental market is headed in the next two years? That is an interesting question that could have a lot of different answers. Yeah, going back to what I said before about the standards. So I also think regulation is important and it is important to have... This might be controversial, especially talking between us, we're all in the industry. For example, cities like Barcelona have had problems with this before. Like People went crazy. Everyone put their apartment on as a short-term rental and the whole city just turned into a bit of a playground for tourists. Like I think there needs to be certain regulations in, in place. And I think that it needs to be done in a way that, that a city maintains its personality and its localness and its people and its everyday. And then, you know, there's there's also places for tourists to come and be part of that and live that for a weekend, for a week, but without completely destroying the city and making it, like I said before, like a playground for tourism. I think a lot of places are struggling, especially thinking about Europe, which is where I am struggling to find that balance because it's so new still. But if I could see into the future, ideally in an idealistic world, there'll be space for everything and cities would maintain their their vibe, their essence. They're, they're like, why people go there? But also there'd be opportunities for short-term rentals and for people to manage places and for people to share their homes with people or to manage places of short-term rentals to, yeah. And if you could leave the listeners with one last blue gem, it could be about life. It could be about business. It could be about short-term rentals. What would you want to leave them? I think whatever you do, do it because you're passionate about it. And that is goes rings true for making money as well. You know, if your objective is to just to make money, that becomes pretty transparent like quite quickly to people. So like I was saying about taking on new clients, if I don't absolutely love their place, then I'll say to them, you know, this isn't a right fit for us. Even if I even if I think it could make us money, you know, 
I'm not going to have the energy because I feel like our energy is like a circle and that's 100%. You have to be able to like contain your energy. So you give your energy to things that you're passionate about. And then that shows people love that and it comes back. Love it. And where can people find you? Um, people can find me on Instagram at the host house, the.host.house. Also for my short-term rental agency, it's superhost underscore Tenery, also on Instagram. Amazing. Well, Tash, really appreciate it. What a great episode. Thank you so much. You're crushing it. <laughs> Thanks. If you're interested in scaling your short-term rental portfolio, in networking with like-minded individuals, we host a short-term rental meetup once a month in downtown Orlando. Click our link below in the show notes to register. See you at the next one. JB dropping blue gems. AG dropping blue gems. New podcast, baby, tune in. We in this thing dropping blue gems.